Hello, I'm your host Sarah and this is Insane. Welcome to everyone to the sixth episode of the Insane Podcast. I hope everyone's doing really well. I usually do this recording um, in the evening, but today I'm doing it in the day, and this is why you can hear the birds chirping in the background. I hope they're not too distracting. Carrying on from the last podcast, today I'm going to be talking about love and kindness. And I really think that it's really important to talk about this subject, especially within a social context. I was on Instagram yesterday and I thought I'd share some examples of the type of advice that we have normalised and give to one another in the context of well-being. So it was really easy to find this. I found it on the Explore page like that. So this one's the first example I found. Karma says, don't be too happy when people say they love you and care for you. The real question is, until when? Because just like seasons, people change. Beautiful. Second example. I became so private with my life. I used to tell my friends everything. Now I don't tell anyone. Sweet. And if you ask, I'm always good. Excellent. This is called the hidden costs of success. Cost number one, late nights, early mornings, fine. Cost number two, lots of associates, very few friends. Cost number three, you will be misunderstood. Cost number four, you will be single unless you're lucky enough to find someone who understands your lifestyle. Cost number five, People will want you to do good, but never better than that. I mean, that reads like a horror movie. And we don't even question it. It's so normal for us to read things like that, suggesting that you'll have no one and no friends and no one wants any good for you. We don't think twice about it. We think it's normal. That's how things are. We've also completely normalised making fun of each other. We have television programmes dedicated to judging people, how they look, how they dress. It's completely normal. Within this context, there's also an understanding that your happiness comes before everyone and everything else. As long as your happiness doesn't physically tear someone apart, then it's perfectly okay. If they love you, they have to just get over it. So notions of the greater good or taking into consideration the feelings and the effects that my actions have on the people around me, on my community, does not have any space in this narrative. You are the centre of the world and whatever makes you feel happy at that they call it a phase in life, then that is what you should do. Now, I want to sort of talk about this notion from two perspectives. The first perspective is from a non-Islamic perspective. So look at what this has done to us as individuals. 
the constant idea that we can't trust anyone and we cannot rely on anyone and that the only thing that matters is our ego and what our ego wants there and then. What kind of relations has that left us with? We as people have become a bunch of oversensitive, defensive, paranoid individuals. We feel uncomfortable around one another. Social interaction gives us anxiety. This normalization of belittling and humiliating people has left us quite defensive. The idea that someone can leave you at the drop of a hat or change their mind and not take into consideration all the loyalties and all that you shared in the past because they feel like it has left us feeling really insecure. And these feelings are expected. I mean, what, how else are you supposed to feel? You can't rely on anyone and you're constantly being told that people do not want good for you. And then at the same time, you're told to just follow your ego. And the ego and what the ego wants changes. It can change within a matter of a couple of minutes. So we have to question whether these notions are beneficial. And my view is that they're not. We have interactions where it's perfectly okay to be sitting in a group of people and then when one person leaves the group, the others will roll their eyes or talk about that person. And it's accepted. We have situations where we walk away from relationships when they get hard out of fear that that person is going to stab us in the neck first so we have to get there first. If we do not have trust, then we don't have anything because every single interaction between us humans starts with trust. And when there is no trust, there is nothing. So if you are social or kind or sane, and yeah, even sane, in the midst of all of this negativity, well done you, honestly. It's so difficult. And these notions of self-centeredness, where the ego comes first, of negativity, of negatively viewing people, in Arabic it's called su'idvan, this is all against Islamic philosophy. The context of the individual within Islamic philosophy places the individual within the community. And the individual has a responsibility towards the community and the community has a responsibility towards the individual. In my studies, I have found that there is a direct relationship between individual well-being and good actions, morality and ethics, upholding ethics within the community. It's not implied. It's not an implied relationship. It's a very clear relationship. Your well-being is integral for the community's well-being and the community's well-being relies on our individual well-being and if we cannot respect one another give each other a chance and trust one another then we as a community and individuals will not be able to have any feelings of meaningful well-being 
There are philosophies in Islam, such as there's a prophetic tradition that says before you accuse anyone of anything negative, you must have 70 excuses. 70 good excuses first for why this person acted in this way before you come up with the bad one. Islam itself has come as a mercy to mankind. Now, I'm not saying that there is no bad people out there and there aren't people that take great satisfaction in you not doing well. I'm not saying that at all. There are. But what I'm saying is that if our belief in God does not change us in instances where this ugly toxicity has entered into our society and we are not able to stand against it and be this light in this whole toxic darkness, then what is the point of our faith? If it does not enlighten us and change our behaviour, then what is the point of it? And if we carry on with our insecurities, with our negativity, then where does this cycle stop? Think about how when someone does something wrong, puts you in a bad mood, then you go and take it out on your children and perhaps your children take it out on their brothers and sisters and their brothers and sisters will take it out on the school kids and the kids at school will transfer that negativity to another family. That kid at school will go to their own family take it out on their brothers and sisters, their parents will have to deal with this. And so it just perpetuates. This toxic ugliness just perpetuates. And it stops at a person that has God in mind, that does not put their ego before what is better. When someone abuses you and you do not answer and you do not let it get to you, and you control your ego, you put a stop to that. You stop this chain from happening. How merciful are you? What a good deed you did by doing that. And God says that the reward of goodness is nothing but goodness. And I'm going to end on a couple of ways how that is apparent. I'll give you some scientific information that backs this. Studies have found that when a person does an act of kindness, the body releases a hormone called serotonin. Serotonin is responsible for helping to heal wounds and also puts the body in a general state of well-being. Acts of kindness have also shown to increase levels of oxytocin. Oxytocin is known as the love hormone because it stimulates bonds and trust between people. Furthermore, it's found that people who are kind have 23% lower levels of cortisol in their body. Cortisol is the hormone responsible for anxiety. And so when you have high levels of cortisol, you have high anxiety. So in essence, when you're kind, you have 23% less cortisol, which means you're 23% less anxious. Also, kindness spreads through three degrees of separation. And what that means is when you act kind, serotonin levels increase in your body, making you feel happy. And the same thing also happens to the person that you're kind towards. 
their serotonin levels increases, makes them happy. And the people that witness this act of kindness also have increased levels of serotonin. So when God says that the reward of goodness, of kindness, is goodness as well, this is what he means. He has built our bodies to reward us there and then with well-being, with peace, when we act in a good way. And the same has also been found for people who forgive. So there's lots of studies that have found that forgiveness relates to lower blood pressure, fewer self-reported illness, less fatigue, better sleep quality, decreased cardiovascular reactivity. And with respect to mental health, individuals who forgive have decreased depression, less hopelessness, they have lower levels of suicidal behavior and greater levels of general feelings of well-being. And so I hope that this encourages you to try and be a bit more kinder, a bit more softer, a bit more open to people. Give people a chance and spread kindness and love and spread peace and well-being. And on that note, I'm going to have to love you and hopefully increase your levels of serotonin and leave you. Do take care.